Dude, that was fucking lame. <laughs> a lot of people Should really like do it. do this? A lot of people <laughs> like it. Yep. Hey, guys. <laughs> Disney what? Channel's own oh, we're Show Me Your Pod. <laughs> Welcome back to Show Me Yours Podcast with Jackie and Johnny. I'm Jackie Agnew. I'm Johnny DeVito. And thank you for joining us again. Uh, or if this is your first listen, uh, which quite a few of you it might be, welcome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's a new year, new us. Yeah. Look at us go. Look at us go. This is fantastic. Yeah, watch and learn, flashers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. While you're here, uh, why don't you give us a subscribe, uh, a like, leave a comment, rate us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Do all the stuff. All the stars, all the likes. Yeah. Click the stuff. Click all the stuff. Share it with a friend. Yeah. 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 Share with your friends. Uh, Share us um, everywhere. Just walk down the street and say... Shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, exactly. We've said it before. Tell your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Go over and I mean we've yeah we've we've definitely been over that before. But I yeah. think if you go over and you, you know, kiss share your us neighbor with them. on the lips, and it's a conversation starter. It really is. Um, but uh, we have we say this a lot, but it actually is a very special episode this week. It is. Everybody's special, but this one was uh, completely unlikely, and um, mm-hmm. the guest that we did get this week was uh, very cool to come down and. Uh, yeah. And chop it up with us for an hour. and Yeah, yeah. It great was, conversation. Um, yeah, very exciting for us. Um, and yeah, we're not going to keep you here with us losers any longer. No. Um, to the goods. Yeah. So you may know this guy from the 500 podcast, mm-hmm. which we have been blatantly ripping off uh, for quite a while now. Took 41 episodes to admit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, you might know him from F is for Family, from Bill Burr Presents the Ringers, oh, yeah. or you might just be a fan of his stand-up, which you should be. Mm-hmm. Everyone, please welcome to Show Me Yours podcast, Josh Adam Myers. Cheers to the new year and to making resolutions you actually keep. Have you added self-care to your routine? I think it's time they should. Yeah, well, our sponsors at Manscaped have the perfect tools to help keep you and your significant other clean and tidy this year. Mm-hmm. Manscaped tools for his jewels are so good, you'll want them for yourself. The Lawnmower 4.0 is all you'll need for his balls and your bikini line. Mm-hmm. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code SHOWMEYOURS for 20% off and free shipping. Now, everyone should uh, try to improve themselves this year. I think it's been a tough, tough couple years. Oh, self-important. Our yeah. self-improvement just needs to um, be constant, but I think yeah. now more than ever. Yeah, so focus on self-care, you know, where whether that be meditating, uh, journaling, yoga, exercise. You know what I'm going to do instead of that? Mm-hmm. Shave my balls. Yeah, or cleaning your balls mm-hmm. and or your lady parts. I think that's important. I mean, yeah. I love a, I, I let's get serious. I like mm-hmm. a, I like it clean. I like it. Yeah. Tr- I get clean and trimmed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to look like it, like you do up here, down there. Exactly. Let's get 
I'm ready for a new year, new me, with the best below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your routine to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and brand-new Ultra Premium Body Wash. Okay, you're going to get the Lawnmower 4.0 in this package. And this electric trimmer is designed with skin-safe technology to reduce cuts. And it also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light on your diamonds. It's awesome. It is. <laughs> and their new ultra-premium body wash is made with the best ingredients, okay, to make you not mind those times when you might have to use his body wash instead of yours. It is cologne infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. Upgrade both your and his grooming routine this year's and use the best tools for the job. Whether your resolution is to work out more or travel to new places, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer for you flashers. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWMEYOURS. And cheers to self-care in 2022. You know, and once again, that's the code SHOWMEYOURS on manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. New year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. Thank you and happy new year. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we say that every guest is special, but today we actually have mm-hmm. a special guest. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen from the 500 podcast, you know him from FSG family. One of the, I mean, easily the most decorated guests that we've had on this couch, Josh Adam Myers. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming over. <laughs> Hello, Barnaby. <laughs> What's happening, man? Um, just, you know, in town to do shows at the House of Comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we met last night. Yeah. And I have, uh, you know, we started talking about music. And it was it's, here's what sucks to all the people watching is that, man, if you could have recorded what we were saying last night, <laughs> it was a full-on podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. This hour is going to pale been, in comparison, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we should have been recording but, the conversation. Yeah, but, uh, you know. I, there, there, I go on the road a lot. I get asked to do a lot of podcasts, and, mm-hmm. and and you guys want to talk music. And you said pick the album, and and you both seem like you're not going to kill me. Yeah. So <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, in um, in the interest of that, we are talking about Stone Temple Pilots' first mm-hmm. album, Core, early mm-hmm. '90s, at least 1992. I don't know the date. Oh yeah. well, either way, Atlantic early Records, 90s. but yeah. um, we've never done a grunge album on here, and I'm glad that you brought it in mm-hmm. because, like. I've always referred to it as like stepdad rock because like <laughs> nobody's actual dad in mind like ever actually listened to us. But all my stepdads kind of like really kind of tore through this genre. And it was almost <laughs> like the like the music of my childhood. But I was like rebelling in a different direction or whatever. But listening to this record this morning, um, I almost turned my nose up to it at first. But mm. no, man, it, it, it holds on. Yeah, that it rocks. really is funny that you... One called it stepdad rock, <laughs> <laughs> but two as a fan of punk, yeah, mm-hmm. which was a reaction to disco, mm-hmm. to the pop music at the time, the rock music, which was getting really big, the Kiss, like the mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. grandiose, you know, stage show, and then you have these guys that are like, no, we can do this, mm-hmm. like we can make rock and roll, but our version of it, we don't have to be classically trained. Uh, guitar players or even have to know chord structures like totally. power chords mm-hmm. yeah. like we can make these songs because mm-hmm. we were talking about the Sex Pistols 100%. last night yeah. which were, were in a sense like 
the band that kind of were like, you know, leading the punk charge totally. in England. Yeah. And I think, I guess I got over to the States. Mm-hmm. I don't know the timeline, everybody, so don't get mad at me. <laughs> no, but I'm we, assuming it's usually around that time, then the Ramones and then yep. all that yeah. other stuff yep. started buttoning up. Mm-hmm. And where you kind of said you were going to turn your nose to this record, mm-hmm. um, I, I just... I don't know. I guess I'm a little like heartbroken. Well, no, that was, I, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm a little heartbroken <laughs> because if you just would have researched grunge, which I, I just had Kim fail. I don't know when this is coming out, but the next episode mm-hmm. of my podcast, we did Soundgarden Super Unknown mm-hmm. and uh, we had the guitarist, Kim fail. Very cool. Uh, fucking from Seattle. One of the nicest guys. And we talked about the word grunge because it's really it, it was grunge wasn't even a style of music. It was more just going from you have like you have to keep in mind like this, like hair metal mm-hmm. is so big, so big in the 80s. Totally. And you have Poison and Motley Crue and mm-hmm. White Lion and white and all, every band yeah. with, with just with with like big hair and. Like were you, you know, were you calling it that at the time? Like with like hair metal or is grunge like a re- like um something that you like a term that you used to write about it after the fact? Like when you were going right. like when you were going to the shows and if you were um, well, kind of seeing this. I oh, didn't go. Oh, I okay. have to keep in mind. Like all right, so so uh, because th- there's like you have moments in your life that in a sense are like turning points mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's like oh everything's different now. Right. Um. So. I grew up uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, um, and, you know, music was kind of in my house. My dad would listen to jazz, and my mom had Sgt. Peppers, and, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like it was like, you know, you know, you got to listen to this, but it was just, I was always drawn to music, and I remember at a very young age, I got into, like, the Beatles, and then Bon Jovi was big, and Run DMC, and the Beastie Boys, and all the bands that were kind of popular, and then I went to, like, a record store. We were at the mall when I must have been you know, six or seven, mm-hmm. seven years old. I know for a fact because that was when I first saw Iron Maiden and they're like, their stage character that's kind of on all their records. This guy, Eddie, he's oh, like the sure. zombie dude. Yep. Yeah. And I was always like drawn to like horror stuff. So mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, wow, what is that? That's so cool. And then I just became obsessed with Iron Maiden. Do you know which the first one was? It like Killers or like, you know, no, I mean, the was, Trooper? Yeah, it was through, the yeah. first one I got was, I think, Power Slave. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then I got Live After Death uh, for my birthday. And then I've got, and then oh, Somewhere in Time. And just like, yeah, I, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't like, I didn't understand it. I just knew that there was something that I really liked about some of the songs, but I really just liked that character, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie, mm-hmm. and that really drew me to them. Yeah. And then it was like just the unfolding of what was popular in hair metal, which was like poison. And and then I found Guns N' Roses, which Guns N' Roses like changed my life. And I would never put Guns N' Roses in hair metal. They're rock no, and roll. I think Appetite a- yeah. for Destruction is one of the best like um, 10 out of 10 flawless albums. It's like, perfect. It's, it's, it's a unreal. perfect rock yes. and roll record Absolutely. that out of all the shit from the 80s that was made in the hair metal scene or in that heavy metal scene, Appetite for Destruction is, is I mean, they, they still sell out stadiums. They still, oh, yeah. and yeah. it's like, yeah. their music is still like Sweet Child of Mine and, totally. and Paradise City and yeah. Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's incredible and, and, and not counting out anything they did after Appetite, but... No, there's something about that though, like even if you're like, as a fan of rock and roll, like, especially I think younger people or whatever, we're kind of like bound by like genres, like this mm-hmm. is the bands that I like or this is kind of the identity that you're trying to fit, but if you're a fan of rock and roll at all and you put that record on and you can't, then you're probably not listening, you know what I mean? Like it's that good. It's something yeah. you like music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if you can't find and appreciate like 
how good the song Sweet Child of Mine is. Because that's probably the most easily accessible song. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we, we close out the goddamn comedy jam mm -hmm. with Sweet Child of Mine. And it's like, I remember when the band, the first time we did the jam, we ended with Purple Rain. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we'll just end with Purple Rain every show, big sing-along. And, and my buddies were like, no, 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 we should do a different song. And I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, how about Sweet Child? And I was like, eh. I was like, I love it, but I just yeah. don't know. And dude, yeah. and then the second we tried it for the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, totally. yeah. we're going to do this one, not all the time, but yep. just have that in our repertoire. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I was like, I had this like, you know, really like deep love for the music of the 80s and the metal of the 80s. And it's like, but I can always remember you're starting to get to like in the, the 90s at this point. So I'm like 12, 13 years old, maybe, maybe 12. And I remember being on my parents' sofa in the living room. We had just had a flood in the house. Mm -hmm. And I remember like they, the carpet was kind of like ripped up and we had people kind of coming in and working on the house. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember watching MTV. And they showed a video for this this really lame band called Nelson, even though I had their record. Okay. Right. These two twin brothers. Like long Never heard of them. Okay. Yeah. They both, they both look great. like, they look like, uh, <laughs> they look like, you know, they're from the House of Dragons and Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I can't think of the character's name, but the one chick, you know, that was like, that was ended up being the bad guy to end the series. What's her name? Oh, what? Dianerous yeah, or Tyanerous yeah. or so, yeah, something. Tatsiki. Yeah. All that stuff tzatziki, is out of the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tatsiki's a sauce on gyros. Um, <laughs> Highly recommended. Yeah. But, but I remember watching that and then immediately the next video was Smells Like Teen Spirit. And it was just like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. Like, this is like the exact opposite totally. of everything where, where in the 80s was all showmanship and like, and like, you know, like fucking just machismo and cock strong yep. shit. And it was suddenly, you know, you have these guys in like flannels with like really naughty hair and they're just, they're not wearing makeup and they're, yep. you know, they're just, it's, it's a combination of, of rock and roll and punk and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. And it, and it suddenly just became like, like, yeah, this is cool. And then suddenly all the bands of the eighties, I mean, they talk about all those stories of like, you know, like poisons, like unskinny bop was like, you know, you walk into whatever the record company was and like, there's posters on the wall, like, you right. know, from these are the bands that we're trying to push. And then yeah. like, as soon as Nirvana got big, all of that was gone and it's Alice in Chains yeah. and yeah. Soundgarden. Sure. Yeah. So, so then I, I'm not saying I, I immediately got attracted to, to grunge or, you know, or, or that music, but it was definitely there. And then I had like, I started kind of opening up and listening to hip hop and, you know, like Tribe Called Quest, stuff like yeah, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't remember what year it was. I don't know how old I was, if I was 13 or 14. Um, but I remember I was working with my friend Greg. Uh, at, we used to hand out flyers for this gym and there was an older guy that had a car that worked for that same company for Philbin's health and fitness center. It's not there anymore. Um, but we, we were out delivering flyers one day and the guy who drove the car had the radio on. I think it was like HFS or 98 rock. One of the stations in the DC area and stone temple pilots plush came on and it was like, what the fuck is that? And it was just like an obsession because mm -hmm. I'm the kind of music fan 
that when a song gets gets in here, mm-hmm. I all I want to do is listen to it over and over I and over play and over it and over out. again. Yes. Yeah, I do I'm, the same. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and a sickness. It's yeah. a, it's, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't even know. But it's the best thing though. Like that's the yeah. it's it it almost sucks because you'll you'll almost play out something that that you really love. You know what yeah, I mean? To you'll the point listen where, to it till you hate it. Yeah. Well, not. I mean, you know, it'll it'll stay there for the rest of you know for the rest of time. But we'll get into a car and then um you know what I mean? Some song that I haven't you know heard in a in a while but that hit me like that will come right back there you remember every word you remember everything mm-hmm. about it like it just kind of like it stores like it it, it uh, i don't know it puts itself in like a weird memory bank in there there's yeah. there was a song this year that i started listening to because i was you know for doing the podcast now like i don't just sit with i got you <laughs> I had Lucy hands, everybody. <laughs> it's dramatic. Both, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I don't just usually <laughs> throw that. You're just making a scene. Oh, my God. Make yourself at home. I drug. do that all the time. Make yourself I at settle home. right in, yeah. Dude, I did that. I, I, that's what I, I swear to God. I'm just such a spaz. Like, I, I was on a date with this girl in New York um, a few months ago, mm-hmm. and we. She, um, I, had a, I had a couple sets at the Comedy Cellar, so she was like, hey, let's meet up tonight. I'm somebody, Somehow I'm free, so if you want to go out tonight, let's do it. And I'm like, yeah. all right. Well, I have to be in the West Village at 1030, mm-hmm. so let's go around there. And she's like, all right. And she picks out this place. And we we go to meet, and you know she's really cute. And we start talking. We're hitting it off, and we're sitting outside on Fourth Street. And next thing I know, this group of comics that I'm friends with from the comedy cellar walk yeah. by, and they're like, "Hey, Josh!" And they dap me up. Yeah. And, and they're kind of like, look at the girl, like, dude, he's a good dude. And the girl's like, oh, who are these people? Talk to you a little bit. Good guy. Like, oh, yeah, who are they? I was like, oh, with the comics. them to do this? Yeah. And then, and then five minutes later, uh, Sam Morell, mm-hmm. uh, another comic at the Comedy Cellar that I'm buddies with, walks by and he daps me up. And the girl's like, like oh my God, how many people do you know? And like, Holy shit, are you nice. somebody? Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. And then I swear to God, mm-hmm. within two minutes from that, the, the, the food runner comes to drop off our like spinach and artichoke dip because yeah. yeah. that's my go-to on dates. It's like oh, I yeah. always spend. I don't buy meals. Mm-hmm. I buy apps I like unless it. I yeah. like you, yeah. and then I'll buy sure. a full meal. Yeah, classy um, move. I like it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Also, Test the waters, right? I mean, come on, yeah. you don't want to go all in on a ribeye, right? Come on. Yeah. But sometimes you go to a restaurant where the spinach dip is twenty-five bucks, like this sure. one place in New York, mm-hmm. and sure. that was like. I was like, all we had was half a sandwich and a spinach dip, mm-hmm. and her two glasses of wine, and the bill was like ninety bucks. And I was God like, "Fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> here's what's funny. So then the, the server comes by, drops off the food, and he, he as he's like, he's like, "Yeah, here's your spinach dip." And then he leans in, he goes, "Hey man, I just want to tell you, I'm a huge fan of the goddamn comedy jam. I go all the time." Nice. And I'm just like, nice. "Oh, thanks, man." And the girl's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and and then the date's going perfect and mm-hmm. it, it's 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 going great and i mean literally it's like i'm, I'm gonna say to her like so i've got my sets but if you want to hang out like tomorrow or something yeah mm-hmm. so i go to like you know there's like a break in the conversation and then i just go to like be like hey if you want to hang out and i swear to god the second i said that i just knocked her wine glass over <laughs> and shattered wine like all over her she's like <laughs> You couldn't have had more assists and more like this was a layup at this point. Everything was going in your favor. Luckily, it didn't upset her enough and it wasn't that ridiculous. There you go. And I think it was more funny. But still, like if another girl could have been like, 
you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm the fuck like, out of here. Nah, you're a spaz. <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst for that shit, too. I always fucking, every time I drink anything, I miss my mouth. It always, like, ends up, like, all over my face. I'm always, like, knocking my drinks over, usually on myself. Oh, my least. bed is full yeah. of pistachio dust for me right yeah, now. Yeah, you're <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are certain, like, like, spaz moments I've had that I remember perfectly. I you know, Jason Momoa. Uh, the guy that played, fuck, he was in the show Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, is he fucking also, Aquaman? Not, well, Aquaman is yeah, one yeah. of them. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Aquaman. My, so my cousin was a next door neighbors with this guy, Michael Raymond James, who's mm-hmm. an actor that works like, you know, nonstop. He's a buddy. Okay. And they were all like the cool actors. And his, Mike's ri- uh, best friend is Jason Momoa. Okay. And Jason used to come around all the time. It's before... When he was only on Stargate, before Conan, before he okay. blew up. Yeah. He's yeah. still a cool dude. Oh, for he's sure. a big dude, long yep. hair, yep. cool tattoos. He mm-hmm. had dreadlocks back then. Mm-hmm. But I remember we were out partying one night and I just moved to LA and like I'm trying to be cool to fit in with all of them. And it's me, Mike, my cousin, a bunch of their friends are out, and Jason, the guy from Vikings, I don't know his name, he's Australian. I think he played Tarzan and something. We're at this bar in on Sunset. And I go to grab the beer at this big tall boy of like a PBR mm-hmm. and it like slips out of my hands and just like knocks all over the bar <laughs> and they look at me and I just look at them because I'm kind of wasted and I go, it was slippy. <laughs> <laughs> Not slippery, <laughs> slippy. And then they were like, slippy? <laughs> in front of Jason, in front of all of them. So oh, I remember the every biggest... detail of it. Yeah, they probably don't remember any of it. Oh, no, but that's one of those that's going to burn into your head. Like, that boils your blood at, like, 3 in the morning when you can't sleep. You're like, fuck, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Slippy? I have so what many is of those memories. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, um, yeah. But, but back, back to Stone Devil Pilots. Like, there mm. was... There was this thing about it where, especially for me in my life, where, because uh, I, re- I got the album, uh, I just started listening to it nonstop, and it became something where it was like, because I was already kind of like, I used to like run home when I was a kid and put on my boombox and just like sing into the mirror and like imagine I was on stage. And mm-hmm. so I was, it was something that I just loved doing, I was good at. Um, but when I heard... Scott Weiland's voice. It wasn't so much that I was like, well, I don't know if I can do what Axl Rose does. I was like, I can do what he does. There you go. I can sing like that. I can, I can sing, you know, I can hit those notes. And I just thought he was like the coolest. And, and so, and that, at that point, it was suddenly like all the bands I listened to from the eighties were, were done, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was, it was like Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, you know, Alice in Chains. Such a time, like in a young teenager to do kind of feel like you found your thing. Right. Like, I think there's like, um, there was something as soon as, I mean, my parents listen to a lot of music as well, but as soon as something kind of like spoke to me and the same thing with guitar playing, right? Like I'm, I mean, I've been playing for years. I'm still just God awful at it, but there was something that drove me to, like a Green Day album being that, okay, by the end of the day, I could, you know what I mean? I could do some of this rather than, you know what I mean? Listening to, you know, Iron Maiden or Pantera or whatever my brother was listening to at the time that I couldn't really, you know, I still loved it. It was tough. It was heavy. It was fast, but there was something about it that was like almost inaccessible. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, um, I think that was like a big, reason to kind of get into like punk and that doesn't mean as well as like lyrics and well, like grunge, all the shit they were singing about as grunge well. was a react like i said mm-hmm. grunge was a reaction to the metal of the 80s just right. like i said punk mm-hmm. was a reaction to yeah the the music of the 70s i think you can hear it too there's something raw about this especially the first track or whatever like when yeah. it comes in like it's not you know like you're 
bubble gum, like like pretty packaged rock. You know what I mean? There was something like tough and like I think like you know well, deliberately different. I, I think I think the album is, is and the tracks are sequenced perfectly. I mm -hmm. feel like I, I think by opening with Dead and Bloated, you know that like because he would do this thing that I, that I've copied and I, I think it's still one of the coolest things ever, which is like he takes the megaphone. Is he the first guy to do that? I, I was watching some YouTube clips of that, but that was it was cool, man. Like the the sound on the videos were great, like yeah. with him doing it. He when when I so I saw them live. I've seen Stone Double Pilots live three times. Never. I think the first tour I saw was the third record. Uh, you know, because here's what sucks, man, about that band is that you know very early on he had a really bad heroin addiction mm -hmm. right and ultimately that's what killed him yeah um so he was in and out of jail mm -hmm. albums took longer than they were supposed to mm -hmm. um but that first record there was something really really great about it because i don't know if he was on the drugs yet um because it because it's definitely the, the deeper you get into their to their catalog you start seeing that most of the songs mm -hmm. are about his addiction that he wrote well a lot of the stuff like the stone temple pilots i mean me being um like a decade younger the stone temple pilots that i know isn't the band isn't the record that i heard this morning yeah because even yeah. though i might have like kind of turned my nose up at the you know the stone temple pilots because i know that um like their 2000s jam or whatever with sarah michelle geller yeah. in the video or what yeah. i can't remember sour girl yeah, yeah. sour girl exactly yeah. um so much different and i think um i don't know if like uh, grunge is an entire genre kind of evolved out of like you know what i mean like where it uh was but it didn't it doesn't have like the rawness you know what i mean like grunge died grunge died when kurt cobain died it was, was that what like that was, like hot that was like a hot 1990 years, years, something i mean uh, you might want to look incredible. it up yeah. i i i think but, all right so to give you a little like weird backstory on me not even weird but just you know, getting off the record, but getting into how my life yeah. changed was yeah. that. So I started getting into Stone Temple Pilots, and then I'm in ninth grade, and I'm hanging out with my buddies Greg and and Seidenberg, and you know, we're we're drinking, stealing liquor out of our my mom's uh, liquor cabinet, and just being you know young. And, and Greg and Mike were two years young, older than me. Um, and then I remember I there were like these these guys that were in my high school that I used to see hanging out the smoking section. And I, I don't know if I had just started smoking cigarettes yet, but I, I, you know, in ninth grade, I started smoking like Marlboro Red. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and so next thing I know, I was like, oh, well, I know Ben uh, and Tassos and these other guys that were kind of like those, you know, they wore the flannels yep. and the Doc mm -hmm. Martens. They were, that was like really cool. And there's something that attracted me to them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like, completely stopped hanging out with Greg and Seidenberg, but I was like, these are the guys I want to hang out with because I knew they were also musicians. Totally. Mm -hmm. And so by the time, so by the time I'm in ninth grade, Kurt Cobain, I think he had died that April. So mm -hmm. by ninth grade, you know, both the Nirvana's albums had come out and, and so he's passed away. I think, God damn, man. I think he passed away in 94. Yeah, and I yeah. started. I graduated high school yeah. in nineteen ninety. I graduated high school yeah. in nineteen ninety seven. He died in April ninety four. Mm -hmm. So, so right around April May, the end of the school year is when I started hanging out with him. And I remember, like, we would we would go smoke cigarettes and and smoke pot. And and like, there was a guy that loved Pearl Jam. This kid, oh fuck, I think his name was Jacob, but 
they would like make fun of him because he liked Pearl Jam. <laughs> and <laughs> they were like, because we're Nirvana. And I, I didn't give a uh, fuck. What different, I, like, what, what's the difference between like in utero or 10? Like, are they coming out around this the same time? Like, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of that. I mean, I know the difference between like Blink-182 or like, you know what I mean? You know, something a little bit like harder down the, the line or like Rancid or something like that. You know what I mean? People like turn their head to like more poppy stuff or mm-hmm. what's the difference of Pearl Jam when you, it kind of seems like a pretty small umbrella as it is of like a few bands. I don't yeah. know, man. I just remember, I think there's, you know, when you're younger, you just have rivalries with oh, yeah. whatever is yeah. against what you, I mean, at least me, if there was something that I'm really like, I remember how much I loved Wu Tang, mm-hmm. right. you know, later in high school, yep. I loved Wu Tang and there were other people that loved Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> and they thought, they thought Art of War was better than, they thought Art of War was a bigger and better album the than 36 Wu-Tang for, than, no, 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 no. Oh. Wu Tang Forever. Because the it came out around the oh, same okay, time. Fair the, enough. Second, sure. yeah. the second Wu Tang album came yep. out right around Art of War by Bone Thugs. And I, I, yeah. not them. I don't know yeah. how they felt. Sure, yeah. sure. But I despised. Uh, Bone Thugs and Army. I was like, I was like, why? How could you even right. put them it's in the same class? hundred percent. Yeah. It's totally so. Agree. It's it's just not even the same thing. Like this mm-hmm. is the great. Yeah. This is one of the greatest hip hop records ever made. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is just a bunch Bone of guys like. Yeah. 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 It just didn't. Make I'm gonna sense. miss everybody. Fuck that. And that was and so maybe that was just me and yeah. like right. the way that you know like the way if when I become obsessed with a band. Or or a sports team, you know, like mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember when you when I was younger, you know, I would argue with these dudes on the bus that I went to middle school with about about the like I was about to say the racist name, the Washington football team, yeah, right. yeah. or or the you know the the bullets or whatever team that I really fucking loved in whatever sport, and they would just go against me, and that's why I hated, right? I yeah. hated yeah. their teams totally. because I loved mine so much, even yeah. though yep. my teams were fucking butt cheeks. Theirs yeah. were fucking For you know sure. good because they always they always chose the teams. Everybody cheers They're, fair weather fan bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because like nobody was a fan of the of like the I'm from Canada, West. Canada. Nobody was a fan of the 76ers until Alan Iverson got there when I'm in like middle school, right? Get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. We were just not around for the earlier generation of the Sixers, right? Yeah, but you also it. you also had the Grizzlies and hey, then now mean, they're yeah. gone. Uh, yeah, exactly. Are, like, yeah. yeah, marketing and demo. Like, you fucking put Big Country on there instead of, oh, okay, we don't. I loved Big Country. Well, yeah, we could have really had Radcliffe, liked, man. I really liked it, man. Yeah. Maybe you still have a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't draft some sort of shitty player. Shows up to, um, he would show up to training camp like 200 pounds overweight and shit like that. That guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, it's crazy that grunge never really, I don't know if it, you know, how far away are you from Seattle? It's about, uh, uh, I mean, we get there two hours, hour, three hour yeah, drive. Yeah. Like it's that. a two, three hour yeah, drive. Yeah. I mean, right where you are, you know, three hours down, down the road, there's this like whole scene that was basically started mm-hmm. That I mean, just a small city that suddenly mm-hmm. just took over everything. I mean, you keep this in mind, like Pearl Jam and or Eddie Vedder in particular and Kurt Cobain were on the cover of Time magazine. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a huge thing because it, it changed culture. It totally. changed mm-hmm. the way people dressed. It changed the way people acted. There were suddenly movies about it. Cameron mm-hmm. Crowe did singles. It just became this this huge thing. Like I'm really glad I'm the age that I'm at now. And like, I went through what I went through, yeah. but I mean, talking to people that are like, that were in their 
twenties mm-hmm. or in their like you know like their mid twenties when grunge like blew up. Yeah, I watching mean, all this just, bubble up. That's crazy. It, it just like they, and they talk about the shift. My my friend Morty, who used to work on the podcast, told me about it and like. You know, he grew up listening to the Partridge family and in the 70s right. and, you know, and stuff like that. Because he's like in his 50s now. Yeah. And but being like of how how everything suddenly went from being the coolest thing ever to how lame they looked at like like Motley Crue. Motley Crue is and I, and I, I, I was obsessed with Motley Crue. Well, that's the crazy thing is like it almost like just overnight. Right. It just yeah, took it just like switched. dirty hair and a flannel or something like that yeah. to make what was. You know, it's funny to think that, like, you know, like Vince Neil or any of that was like tough or whatever. But Shout of the Devil would have been badass when it came out. You'd imagine, right? Like, mm-hmm. if there was nothing else, you know, or nothing like harder or you know, dirtier or whatever to compare it to, right? It seems weird that just overnight that would become, you know, like get this shit out of here. Right? It, it, yeah. it, and look, they like a lot of those bands stuck around. I mean, Tommy Lee is now married to my ex girlfriend. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, they're married. The life you lead, my I ten years ago we we broke up uh 10 years ago it's fine i'm not like yeah. hung up on it at all yeah. I, I actually get such a kick out of it because i mean you just have to go back and look at how obsessed i was with motley crew right when i was young like i had I've, i have obsession bands i have bands yep. that mm-hmm. i stone devil pilots is one of them mm-hmm. you know wu-tang is one of yep. them radiohead and the beatles mm-hmm. and like you tattoos, know, every records, I'll just, go, just yeah, like oh, do Gomez, and then you get into like, don't even get me started about like Britpop, like I mean Gomez and Travis and just a cold, dude, early Coldplay, early Coldplay, yeah, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I remember how obsessed I was with Motley Crue, and then you know years and years later to be like, oh well, a girl that I was at one point engaged with is now married to Tommy Lee. Fucking, I think that's so rad. That's the yeah, coolest thing that's ever. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have told me, I, I tried to make the joke on stage, but I was like, if you would have like, because I remember when I was like a little kid, and I was watching the American Music Awards, and Motley Crue lost to Poison, mm-hmm. and I might have been twelve or thirteen years old, and I was up in my parents' bedroom watching it on their TV, and I started crying, and not just crying, like really angry. Yeah, like you've been yeah. that like, fanatical. Yeah. Like I know what yeah. you mean. Really yeah. angry. Are you and fucking my, kidding me? And yeah. my dad walked in and he was like, "What happened? What are you crying about?" And I was like, "They lost a poison." And he was like, <laughs> "He was like, wait, who died of poison?" <laughs> I was like, "No one." I was, and then, but I always say, it's like if I could have just gone back in time to yeah. the kid sitting on the bed crying and just like whisper in his ear, it's like you are gonna be Eskimo brothers with Tommy Lee one day. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Oh yeah, that gives you enough to get through the next day for sure. That's fucking awesome. It's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like all of those bands suddenly just went away, and grunge, um, which is really just rock and roll. It's like when you really look at it, like that was society in a sense giving a label. They didn't call it grunge, mm-hmm. right? You know, when I talked to Cam on the podcast, he never. It's just it was just rock and roll. I mean, Soundgarden is almost progressive rock. Yeah. Right. Um, Stuntable Pilots, on the other hand, which I come to find out years later, was was almost like a band. Because I remember like Tassos and Ben and Dave Collin, the guys that loved Pantera and they loved Nirvana. They didn't look at Stuntable Pilots. Like we would cover Plush and we would cover a couple songs by yeah. them in our in our like makeshift band that we were in. Mm-hmm. But like they did it only because I wanted to do it. Okay. Right. Um, it wasn't something that they really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and I and I knew that because they they'd make fun of it. They'd be like, "This is a chord. This is a a Pantera chord." And they play they play it and they go, "This is Stone Temple Pilots' version of it." 
and it was this weird fingering yeah. and they'd be like yeah. Yeah. And it would yeah. be like a minor and a major and all this yeah. weird shit and so years later I, I was there's a there's a really great youtube page called rock and roll true stories okay. Okay. and this guy is just putting out all this great material all these stories about like, you know, whatever happened to, to the toadies or like, you know, what's the feud between Anthony Kiedis and Mr. Bungle. And one of the stories was about Stone Table Pilots. And he starts talking about Stone Table Pilots. And like, there was like, the critics did not like them because they weren't like, like they weren't like this original band. Like everybody thought Pearl Jam was mm -hmm. Pearl Jam in a sense. Like you have, you have Eddie's voice and you have Matt and Mike's uh, guitar and, yeah. Well, I heard but, uh, David Spade did a weekend update joke about that. I was doing a little bit of the homework, watching mm -hmm. as much like YouTube stuff as I could find. But yeah, like right at the beginning, um, you have uh, you know everybody comparing them to Pearl Jam. But I also uh, read that uh, in their first year, I think after this album came out, Rolling Stone had um, uh, the fans decide like best band of the year, and the re the view the readers chose Stone Temple Pilots as the best band of the year, and the the Rolling Stone music critics voted them the worst new band of the year. You know right. what I mean? Like it's yeah. so like such a. They were they were very popular. You know, they were very, yeah, but it very seems popular. weird that like the tastemakers would uh, like would say no to it, but like I mean, it was clearly undeniable. I think yeah, it's weird. I think it's like the same kind of situation that bands like Styx and Ario Speedwagon, where they they're called corporate rock, right? Um, you know, and years later you listen to their music and you're like, oh my god, like this this you know I can't stop. Uh, Keep on loving you is such a great song by Ario Speedwagon and Renegade and Lady ass. by Sticks. Renegade yeah. rules, but you know at the time when you're you know a, you know a, a regular music fan you know or if you love Pearl Jam or you love Nirvana and then you hear Stone Temple Pilots you're almost it does have like a corporate rock feel to it, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not good. Right. Um, yeah, and for, for 13 year old me handing out flyers that day, you know, having aspirations of wanting to be in bands. And it was like, Oh, this, like I said, this is like, I can do this, you know, and the evolution of, I mean, if you go through the tracks on that, I mean, it's like not just dead and bloated and sex type thing. I mean, wicked garden is fucking sick mm -hmm. uh but like plush like a, mellows out and then it even has like wet my bed or whatever like that shit is you know what I mean? Is, I mean that's yeah. like a yeah but i mean there's fucking around there's like i don't remember every track listing's name but what ends side one into side two is incredible mm -hmm. it opens i think with uh piece of me into cracker man it's just a Cracker Man fucking rules. That was the one mm -hmm. that kind of really stuck with me today when I was listening to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like you see them do that live and he pulls out the megaphone and he's like, Romeo. And he used right. to seeing him on stage. I've stolen so much of his stuff on stage. Right. We watched you open last night and you got, uh, you know what I mean? If you're fucking around kind of singing with the crowd or whatever at the beginning that's of the show. I wouldn't say that's no, him. I know, that's but it was funny. Me. You could see it yeah. like. You, that's you just me some. trying to just do anything to be present. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I feel like as a stand-up comic, like if I just go up there and start talking, it's not, <clears> it's not really me. Right. Like I, I might be in my head or mm -hmm. you're still thinking mm -hmm. about something earlier in the day or whatever. So by doing that, it just makes me feel there's there's a comic named Sean Patton, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely, who I love, uh, and he goes on stage and he he kind of like almost digs himself a hole at the beginning by just mm -hmm. riffing and and sometimes it's really funny and sometimes it's not, mm -hmm. but what it does is it just puts him in the room 
and I needed something that I think would always just bring me right there. Yeah. And that does. I'm not talking, I'm not so much on stage doing stand-up do I rip mm -hmm. off Scott Weiland, but when I do the goddamn comedy jam, I mean, right. a lot of his moves, we did the megaphone thing before. Uh, it just, he was such a great front man, which is why when Stunt Up Ballads broke up in the early 2000s, um, and then Velvet Revolver, the short, short life of that band. I remember was, them being like it, um, like I don't know if they were a Flash in the pan. Did, was Slash involved in that? It was. It was That's, one yeah. half Guns and Roses. Okay. One right. half Stone Temple Pilots. So okay. it was Scott yeah. Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots, mm -hmm. and then Slash, Duff, and Matt Sorum from GNR, mm -hmm. and my buddy who does the music on. F is for family, Dave Kushner, okay. was who's a friend of Slash's, right. um, was like the rhythm. And awesome. I remember when I started hearing about that band getting together, I, I don't think I've ever been that excited. Mm -hmm. And then they did, before the record came out, because they first released the, there was a song off the soundtrack to the Hulk, the Ang Lee Hulk movie, which really gets shit on. <laughs> is that the, the one with movie. Edward Norton? That one kicks no, ass. No, that was oh. Eric Banya. Oh, Eric Banya. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie, I saw it in theaters. I have a soft spot for it. It was great. Yeah. Was it was kid, fine. Yeah. It was fun. I was it just was a boy, fine. Jackie. It was fun. I was just a boy. <laughs> it was fine. It was before the Marvel Cinematic yep. Universe. It was fine. And yeah. it was really like, and it's Ang Lee is a two-time uh, Oscar-winning director. So to do, do a fucking superhero movie is fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but Set Me Free was a song from that, that movie. Mm -hmm. And then they had Slither come out which I remember the video for that coming out. And then before the record came out, Velvet Revolver did like a tour of mini theaters around the country, one of them being the 930 Club in Washington, D.C., which is uh, one of the greatest music venues you could ever go to. Uh, it's I've seen so many bands there, every show. It's, there's no bad seat in the house. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and... And it's small. Like, I think 600 people is the most you could get in there. It's I like, like those, like, mid-size. Like, I mean, especially for, like, a band that almost, like, is too big to play those rooms. That's those Oh, those dude, it shows. was... Yeah. It was... I went with my buddy, and I mean... I, I don't think I've ever been ex as excited uh, for a show in my life. And then the record came out, and it was just, like, an obsession record. And, you know, the second record came out, and it was good... Didn't have the same like spark as the first one, but that mm -hmm. was also because the second record, they were already on their way out. Yeah. Like it didn't seem like, you know, Scott was going back on drugs and they were having yeah. issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they broke up. And did then, they ever, did they come onto the scene like announcing, like, we're going to be here, like, we're going to do this for real? Or was that, because I thought like sometimes those super group bands can almost just like come in for like one and, and kind of get out. I mean, quicker. look, Audio Slave did three records. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think like the first record was great and I think they had some hits on the second and the third one, mm -hmm. but you know, you're, you're dealing with egos. You're dealing when you're, when oh you're, my God, at that time group. too, like yeah. the fucking, like, uh, you know, some of the biggest names in rock and roll. I, I think band, that, right? I just think that Velvet Revolver didn't work because Scott Weiland had a horrible drug problem it makes that, sense. Yeah. you know, like I, you know, as a person who did opiates for years and I've done heroin, but not like that wasn't my drug of choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't imagine right. being addicted to heroin. Like if I ever would have just been like, all right, fuck it. I'll just start doing heroin because it's cheaper. Right. Either I'd be dead or I'd be in yeah. jail or yeah. I would be working in recovery somewhere because yeah. because it's like hard to suddenly 
get off heroin and then go, mm-hmm. all right, back to a normal life. Right. Because you have this yeah. thing that's so great. And yeah. mm-hmm. so you got to imagine a guy is has got all the money in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got this horrible drug problem and he's in a band that's playing shows and the only way he can play these shows is if he's high and so and then he starts yeah. doing fucked up things for it which gets right. him into legal trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have three members in the band that aren't doing drugs right. or if they are doing drugs they're not doing heroin. No, right. and like I mean yeah. I think they, they I, like with GNR like they're their heyday and that was we know it would have been 15 years prior to fucking Velvet Revolver, right? Like, yeah. wouldn't they be like... Well, I was talking more yeah. I was talking more about Stone Temple, oh, Pilots, sorry, Stone Temple Pilots which you yeah. can see like like the band got back together and broke up so many times. Yeah, yeah. didn't they have like the like Chester Bennington front them for a bit? And the, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think that was more recently. It was oh, like 2015 okay. or something oh, okay. like that. That was yeah. yeah, that was fucking whack. Yeah, I I mean the guys also did a record. The band did a record with the lead singer of Filter. It was called mm-hmm. Army of Anyone. They have one really good song. Okay. and then there was another band. Fuck, there's a song called Hello Hello. Which is so it's like all those other bands are just the music of Stone Temple Pilots, yes. right? Uh, with a different singer, yeah, right. and yeah. it just doesn't work for me. There's, yeah, I mean, no, I'm, the I'm same. the same way. There's um, like so bands that can successfully do a singer switch are fucking few and far between. But mm-hmm. when, you know what I mean, like when Van an identity Halen. of the band, that's it. Yeah, who, who else? That, dude, I'm sorry, but I mean, the lead yeah. singer, the lead singer, think ACDC. Okay, yeah. Fair enough, too. Yeah. All yeah. right, and that, yeah. they were actually really quite big. Yeah. Right. So, but they also had Mutt Lang producing, and Mutt <laughs> yeah. Lang did Shania Twain, yeah. and I writes hits. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Def Leppard, like, Mutt Lang's the fucking man. Yeah. yeah. But you, yeah. If, you're, if you're watching Mutt, fuck yeah. yeah. Reach out to the boy. Yeah, Mutt. Yeah. Put your boy Mutt's up. I got, yeah. I got a new album I want you to, I want you to produce my first record at 42. Um, we're all dying yeah, to hear Mutt it. listens to the podcast. He'll definitely Huge fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, big yeah, fan. Huge big fan. fan. Huge fan. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I don't, for me in particular, it was like, I, I could have given a fuck about, yeah. you know, Rob and Dean DeLeo and then the the drummer, uh, whatever his name was, Kurtz or something. Um it was all Scott Weiland. Scott mm-hmm. Weiland was, I thought he was the coolest. I mean, I, there's, there's, there's something like, you know, when I think, when I think of the greatest frontmans of my lifetime, I'm not talking about, you know, you go, you know, Jim Morrison, cause oh, sure. he died before yeah, I was course. alive. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I put in my, in my opinion, Scott Weiland was one of, you know, the greatest front men I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I was attracted to him. I thought he was cool. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, I wish, like, I wish I was tall and, and fucking heroin skinny. Yeah. You right. know? Gaunt. And like, oh, yeah. yeah. But a handsome yeah. gaunt, though. He yeah. Played, he fucking Bony. wore that yeah. shit. Yeah. Well. Christian Bale and the Machinist. Yeah. yeah. But it was that like. I could get it right now. But dude, he was like, he had like, I remember when they did, when they did, and this is what kind of sucks about Stone Temple Pilots. Not sucks, but sucks about society and the way they viewed them. They had a had an incredible MTV unplugged. Mm-hmm. They had a great MTV. I unplugged. just saw that coming across it. That's worth going to because I mean we did the homework, but I mean shit. Between talking tonight and, and leading up to this or whatever, that looks like I mean um, even like reading about it is the one to go check mm-hmm. out. Well, the best the best MTV. I saw unplugged. his like. Well, he did, they did like an MTV. Um, was it uh, plush? Just like um. Uh, just like a one song performance on something that was Plush, fucking fantastic. Plush, they did fantastic. Big Empty before mm-hmm. the second record came out. Okay. Uh, they did um, Sex Type Thing, but they did this like jazzy version of it, which is whatever. But they did open with Cracker Man and it sounded great. Nice. Um, I think they did Wicked Garden. Um, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the best MTV right. Unplugged. The best MTV Unplugged, which everybody will say Nirvana because he died 
shortly after. Right. Yeah. And, they, and, it, and it is like a time capsule. It's an iconic yeah, performance. Very iconic. I mean, to end yeah. with Where Did You Sleep Last Fuck Night yeah. is this, and it's so beautiful, especially when he's screaming and yeah. it's like, it's powerful. My favorite, which I think is the best, mm -hmm. is Alice in Chains. Okay. okay. Alice in Chains Unplugged. I, my buddy Angelo used to, we, we were big on clips and, mm -hmm. yep. and because of him, you know, and that's why I think I'm, I'm so attracted to big J because every time I hang out with Jay, it's always we, like, check out this clip and yep. we're always right. showing each other yep. things. Yeah. And Ange used to just love showing me these performances. There's a great performance of Queens of the Stone Age on the Henry Rollins show doing misfit love. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, that it's, it's so badass. Um, there was MTV Unplugged did um, corn and uh, believe it or not, that's terrible. Fuck, man, no. I don't like it. A lot of people turn their nose up at it, dude. man. I'm saying it's worth the fucking checkout, dude. dude. Nah, I, I, I'm not a fucking corn fan. Hold up, hold up. I'll tell you a funny story. Stop it and fucking and go check it out. So just no, <laughs> don't do that. So so I went to go see corn with Jay and Soder mm. uh, and their their prospective or respective girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in uh i think it was long island and this is this is f three months ago at the most and we did something really cool where jay's friends with the drummer mm -hmm. and i'm friends with the new bass player in corn my friend is uh, fieldy gone oh shit fieldy's in rehab okay. or oh, he's no dealing shit. with okay. shit so okay. so rod diaz from suicidal tendencies oh, fuck is, yeah. he's a big comedy fan yeah. we became yeah. friends he lives up in ventura i used to go up to ventura a lot and so we just became homies and like cool. And so when corn was coming around, the show got canceled like twice. And, yeah. and you know, I go on the bonfire a lot. And mm -hmm. and so when I saw corn was coming to New York area, yeah. I reached out to Jay. I go, hey, man, I was like, corn's coming around. You want me to get us tickets? And he was like mad that <laughs> I would ask would tell him I could get the tickets when he's like, for, like no, 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 fuck no. you. I get I'm you friends with the drummer and the lead singer. Yeah. I get you tickets. <laughs> and so they, they bring me on air and they have this whole yeah. thing where like Jay is mad at me. Right. Goes, dude, I'm sorry. I'm homies with the dude. Yeah. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, he's like, Josh, I know you know so many people in music. And you oh, is that because they've been giving you a shit on that? Oh, yeah, well, my yeah. homie. My homie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm friends with a lot of people. Hey, fucking yeah. hey, man. No, dude, I, I think. Um, he sounds butthurt, but I'm sorry that yeah. I did cocaine with Omar from The Wire, and I'm sorry that he doesn't. It, it was in 2005 and six before Instagram existed. Yes, I think it sounds like Jay. Yeah. I'm sorry he doesn't follow me because our friendship fizzled out because <laughs> of time. But did I spend weeks getting high with with that dude? Yes, and I, and, and I, you can ask Mad Zaztec, my old roommate. You can mm -hmm. ask fucking JP, my old roommate. You could ask the girl that, that Mike walked in on me fucking that Omar <laughs> was my homie. You could ask my professor that he came to my college to help me with my student project. That is beyond. That is beyond just being an influence and getting up. To get, no, there's, 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 there's Coke friends and then there's like friends that will come help you out at a school, nah, man. Dude, I'm saying that, that's that, like, that pissed me. I mean, that's, Jay, that's Jay, bigger than a Coke yeah. Jay and Soder but know that that one, when they made fun of me about the Mike Williams one, that kind of pissed me off, even though I know but they were kidding. You're just giving them the bait right. to go deeper, though. You get yeah, mad, man. A, yeah, you don't seem <laughs> pissed off at all. All the people. Just I let just, the record fucking be straight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, I'm sorry that camera phones weren't fucking alive back then, because mm -hmm. I'd have a thousand pictures with them, because totally. I, I love taking pictures. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But 
the moral of the story is so we we're, we're getting ready to go, <laughs> and so me and Jay uh, and Soder come up with a deal where it's like or a bet like we're both gonna ask our our respective friends in corn yeah. mm-hmm. to get us three tickets, right? Three or four tickets. We're gonna yeah. ask for four. We're not gonna tell him that the other guy is asking for more tickets from his yeah. his friend in the band. Right. Yeah. And we're going to see who gets the better seats. Right. <laughs> so I reached out to Ra. Ra's like, of course, dude. He reached out to his dude. His dude's like, of course. Yeah. So we show up to the show that day. <laughs> and we both walk up to the thing. Yeah. And I swear to God, we're literally in the same row. No shit. Together. Oh, my God. Yeah. Here's where Jay won. Jay got a backstage pass. Ooh. I did not, even though he couldn't go backstage because of COVID. Uh, okay. And then we went and sat it's in our seat. the thought that counts, though. Fair yeah, enough. yeah. We went and sat in our seat, and the, he had three seats, or three or four seats. He had four seats. Uh, there was a space seat where somebody else had, and then yeah. I had four seats. Right. And so we were just like, all right, well, like, we'll just m- I'll move over and be right next to them. Yeah. And then we'll just give we have like a four seat window. And then other yeah, dude shows right. up. Yeah. He has four seats to choose from. Awesome. Well, three extra seats. I mean, yeah. to choose from because yeah. I didn't bring anybody extra. Jay had brought all four people yeah. mm-hmm. for him. And we're watching the show. And first of all, Aaron Lewis from Stained is fucking terrible. Is there, are they still? Oh, doing my God. Shit? And it's so political. It's, it's so been like a while, man. He's Get wearing like a stage. Fouchy lied hat. And oh, like, uh, gosh. And they, he started a <laughs> fuck Joe Biden chant. Jeez. Which oh, you How'd know, that go over in New York? Are you on Long Island? We're in Long Island. Oh, okay. it's, I, I mean, I have video of it. Uh, I can send it to you guys. It's yeah. it's not that bad, but yeah. I, they had like the, he had like cheers and applause uh Pumped in, oh. no, pumped in, oh. because dude, people like it's the fucking one, NBA during COVID. That's fucking people, ridiculous. Yeah. People say fuck Joe Biden hundred percent. Sure, because yeah, Long Island is is also a very red part of New yeah. York, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like the whole audience was like fuck Joe yeah, Biden. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fuck, he's just cementing yeah. his like his fucking view like in my head of like fucking asshole. <laughs> We're just yeah. in the video that I shot. It's just me like holding the thing, looking at my face, being like, and you can just. <laughs> so and he was also like hammered. Yeah, right. and we started making jokes. Like he started changing the lyrics to his songs. He was yeah. like, "It's been a while since." Uh, so I'm gonna fuck it up. God damn it! <laughs> brains, I forgot all the riffs that I had. It was so funny. It was so funny. Uh, oh yeah, and it's been a while since Maricopa County did the recount. It's been a while since Donald Trump was. Fucking awesome! <laughs> um, damn it, I, my brain just is not fast. Some days, I'm, since I've gotten up to Canada, man, like I swear to you, it's like I don't so know, it's, it's the, the fucking it's the fog. It's the yeah, cold there's something going on I don't know. They're slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Tried like, to turn up the heat in here because we know you're not a fan of cold rooms. Oh, that yeah. fucking... Yeah. yeah. That theater, yeah, that theater <laughs> was, yeah. is ridiculous. Windows or something. Yeah. I have heat pumping back here. The theater is... Is freezing. I mean, dude, that's... Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they would keep it's 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 forty degrees in the theater. Yeah. Like it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on yeah. there, House of Comedy. We'll yeah. fucking yeah. figure no, it out. Uh, oh, Tammy, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. Just beat more heaters. That's it. Yeah. The club rules. Just oh, yeah. it's yeah. cold. That's it. It is um, cold. So I forgot to add this. So finally, corn goes up and this ticket woman comes up to us and she goes, Hey, excuse me, somebody's uh, actually in that seat and I go Oh well, I mean, we—I have these four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can he just sit over there? And for some reason, this guy wanted seat six, what and I go, and he comes up and he—I mean, he's got like his—he got like looks like he has like kind of like a bun, like a man bun. Yeah. And he got a mask on, 
about my height and I'm, I'm just like, Hey man, do you mind? I've got like four seats here. I just mm-hmm. want to sit next to my friends and he yeah. goes, yeah, it's cool. And then he gets right next to me. And I mean, dude, I have four seats. Yeah. So I'm taking one. Yeah. He's got, we, so we, then we have, we have his seat mm-hmm. and then we have an additional three yeah, seats. You're not dealing yeah. with like a pillar situation before, that he does like he can't see around Before the something. next person, dude, <laughs> the he, fuck? he won't, Move over. Now, yeah. this is where that's not even that bad. Yeah. At first, I was like, I can give a fuck. Whatever. The dude's yeah. right next to me. Yeah, yeah. This is where it gets ridiculous. Right. The band starts. He undoes his, his fucking hair. Oh, no. He's got dreadlocks down oh to his knees. <laughs> and then starts <laughs> whipping me <laughs> like I'm Kunta Kinte. Like, and I, I'm like, ah, I don't know if you've ever been hit by a fucking 45 year old man's dreadlock. <laughs> no, but I imagine the grease. I imagine it's. Not yet. Yeah. You, uh, you could hear the. It was like, oh, it was like ow. I was just like, ah. like Jay would look at me, and I'm just like, ah. I mean, like what was that guy? And then I kept seeing the guy go, dude, you've got fucking three seats. Yeah, just like, move, over. move over. By the end of the show, like he, uh, he, and he got mad at me when I told him to move. I go, dude, you could see. Yeah. Also, corn. Corn is like, and I have nothing against corn. How are they sounding I, now, though? I mean, well, like the albums haven't been like great since like issues, in my opinion. Like, so, I think, yeah. so uh, their their performance at Woodstock, yeah, is mm-hmm. incredible. Absolutely, mm-hmm. the ocean of people, mm-hmm. the waves that they created, and the raw power that new metal. Because it's so funny, we're so we're talking about new totally. and we mm-hmm. were talking about the reaction yeah. because. When 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 Nirvana and all that shit got so big, and then Kurt Cobain dies, if yeah. you watch that Woodstock documentary, they explain it perfectly. It was the death of the, because right in that little section of the early '90s, where Nirvana and Pearl Jam were the two biggest bands in the world, they were like, whereas like hair metal was like, fuck bitches, get money, and yeah. fucking live in mansions. Yeah. Grunge was like, no 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 no, mm-hmm. respect women, sure. respect abortion yeah. rights, yeah. respect you yeah. know, we need to fucking put like you need a, a waiting period for guns, whatever totally. the fuck it totally. was right. that yeah. was very progressive. Absolutely, yeah. Kurt Cobain dies, yeah, and then what happens? You get Fred Durst. No you get shit. Fred Durst, which is yeah. a reaction to Fair all enough. that. You do yeah. everything in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the idea. Yeah, the, I mean, even age. like the sound too. Like I mean, from like the grunge thing to even like what Corn was doing, like groove and shit like that or whatever. Right? Like it kind of came, but like the attitude was completely fucking different. It was right? well, Corn wasn't cool. Well, I mean, did he sexualize? Yes, his mic stand has titties and nipples. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but not, not, it's not. But not, I would like, call the, it not like Nookie though. Well, yeah, yeah and Nookie was fucking, like, yeah. you know, is it fuck bitches get money. That was like yeah. I was in the third grade when that came out. That shit fucking like dropped like a bomb. You know what I mean? <laughs> On all of us, like I, I can imagine. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, dude, I, I had a red. Oh, small yeah. cap oh, turned yeah. backwards. Yep. I was a raver when that okay. shit dropped. So okay. I mean, I was like wearing big kickwares, yep. jinkos, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like Limp Biscuit. We all, we all Woodstock '99 watched that at, in uh, in my friend's college dorm. They had a house in uh, at University of Maryland, mm-hmm. and we were just getting high watching. Like this is the mm-hmm. fucking coolest shit ever. And I mean, it was dope. And dude, I at the time, fuck you. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I and I remember when Corn came out in 1995, I was hanging out with the alternative kids because I had already moved, I didn't move on from Tassos and Ben and all of them. I still hung out with them, mm-hmm. but I started like listening to more like you know Radiohead, and I was like. Uh, you know, Blur and Oasis and all these other different bands that were starting to come out. And so I started hanging out with a guy that was into punk rock, Paul yeah. Bettany and Courtney Kelly and this other chick, Marissa. And we went to go see 
Corn. They wanted to go see Orange Nine Millimeter, mm-hmm. and Corn was opening for them at okay. the original Nine Thirty Club. Now we didn't get in because it was sold out. Because mm-hmm. Corn, who was the opener, yeah. was already bigger and more of a draw than no Orange shit. Nine Millimeter because yeah. Blind had come out. Okay, and I bought Blind. Yeah. I bought that record. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. And then you see that performance of them at Woodstock, and you're like, holy shit! So we were explaining to Soder, dude, Corn, Jonathan Davis is going to annihilate. Fuck yeah! Now here's the thing. He had a really bad case of COVID, oh, so no. he was had to cancel the shows. He had, right. he, I think, he had like a bad chest infection. Yeah. yeah. So he, his energy that show was was really sad in the right. sense yeah. of what corn is corn is capable of. You yeah. want to see like an Adidas suit soaked in sweat? And like, oh, yeah. dude, you know he was. I mean, yeah. he was. He he sang. He wasn't moving around. He sat a lot of it. Oh yeah. shit! But uh, there is something really lame. <laughs> about a fifty-year-old man, uh, new metal scatting. What do you, you, you don't think that's cool, Josh? Corn, we don't corn, think that's. I thought that's in the twenties cool, when he's like, go something, something that that's the trend. Oh yeah, and the audience is like young and sexy. They're like, my friend can do twist like the beginning of it, and it's the gayest thing in the world. But it's also the most impressive. Stop, stop, because at the last goddamn. Comedy Jam at Skankfest South in Texas. Mm-hmm. Jay wanted to do Twist into <laughs> yeah. into All Day I Dream About Sex, and awesome. we did it. We did it. Yeah. And big ups to my guitarist Joel Rutowski, who literally had like a moment. They were in the hotel room trying to learn it that morning, and he was like, "No, no, no, no!" Before before I even get to that, yeah. before I even get to that, I gotta say this to Joel because Joel is so talented, but mm-hmm. he's literally like, okay. So they're, they're going through the songs that they're going to have for that show because we've just come off a week of shows in, in Cancun and we had a day to learn the songs or they had a day to learn the songs for Skankfest and they're going through song to song to song. They go, all right, let's do the corn one. This will be super easy. And as he's like going, looking at like the, the tablature and stuff, he's like, wait, this tuning is really weird and it's played by two guitars on <laughs> seven strings. Yeah, it's like guitars. drop fucking ears yeah. some shit. And then, yeah. and then he literally just sits back on the couch and I remember looking at him and go, Joel, are you all right? He goes, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> it it's, it's two two guitarists in weird tuning on seven string guitars. I only have one guitar. It's like deep and high squealy yeah. and shit. Oh like that's fucking God. weird. Yeah. And he pulled it off. But that's Jay awesome. pulled it off enough. It wasn't right. Yeah. But right. nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Skankfest. Yeah, we could have just really. made noise. The totally. crowd's going to yeah. go crazy anyway. Yeah. But Jay... He goes, all right, Josh, we're on stage. He goes, are you ready to do this? I was mm-hmm. like, all right, man, you, you're, you're starting it. Because I don't know the corn like he does. No, yeah, right. He exactly. loves corn. Dude, he starts scatting. There's yeah. like a lyric there, to do we have, There's 700 people at yeah. this show just yeah. packed in. This is, a, this is a full concert. Hell right. yeah. This yeah. is a full punk rock metal concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, we talk about it this day. He did not break eye contact with me because no. <laughs> yeah. he was so embarrassed that he, if he would have looked out and seen everybody a fucking 42 year old man going twist twist oh, God. I mean, that's fucking awesome and I don't even Funny. know it and so I just added funny. my like no I'm telling you not far off man <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh, fucking lame so <laughs> but corn you know all of that shit came from 
<laughs> bringing it back. To bringing it back. Yeah. We're like wow. almost yeah. right at the hour. Like, like, yeah, let's 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 land the plane. Bring <laughs> so, it back. Full circle. Yeah. So there's a thing. There's a thing, and that that's where to take it back to the beginning thing that you even said. With this is stepdad rock for a mm-hmm. guy that came from <laughs> punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> it just. You didn't let me get to the end where I actually enjoyed the record at the end. I know. Right? Like, I this know is, this is a moment it. of growth. I know you enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed the record. I know you enjoyed the record. I know you enjoyed the record because it's a good album. Really? Yeah. It's a really good album. It's a moment in time. I feel like the record holds up completely. I, I don't think it's like, whereas Limp Biscuit, you listen to it and you're like, you're like, oh man, this That's is not this is age 1999. Yeah, yeah. this it's is a time. Ni- this is a sure. this is dude. This is Woodstock '99. Yep. This yeah. is sexual assaults. Yes, yeah. this is fucking <laughs> people covered in shit. Like, mm-hmm. what's like? Limp Biscuit had a moment recently. My friend Justine Marino, big shout out to her. I love her. She, we were talking about it because she actually likes. Limp Biscuit, kind of like the she loves the '90s nostalgia of it. Oh, for sure, right. absolutely. She sang "Rolling" at the goddamn Comedy Jam, and it was great. Yeah, nice. yep. But um, Limp Biscuit's not on the radio at all. No, at all. No. Corn. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Corn is really on classic rock radio stations. I don't think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You might plush, get a Power Hour or something. Plush, Wicked Garden, yep. and Sex Type Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those three songs, maybe Cracker Man. Maybe dead and bloated. I want to say creep. I've heard as well. Oh, creep! Oh, yeah. oh yeah. my Definitely. god! Like, I mean, one of the bigger singles of the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! How did I forget about creep? <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Creep. For sure. Yeah. yeah for sure. Big, we yeah. were doing the homework last night and I'm like, oh fuck, I know half this yeah. album. Like this, Creep these is were, a this great a big fucking song. record. It yeah. is. It's, it's the really album is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And and it's like it's something it holds up. There's something about the music from the seventies. And that like Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. holds oh, the fuck, fuck yeah. up. Oh, yeah. sure. The Beatles hold yep. up. Even though the Beatles mm-hmm. broke up in nineteen seventy. The there's like, you know, I, even I think Renegade by Sticks that Absolutely. holds up. Yep. Yep. Um, the '80s, you know, some songs, Guns N' Roses for sure, yep. Yep. Metallica for Definitely. sure, but not yep. you know some of the earlier thrash stuff. I don't know, not so much, but mm-hmm. you know, Metallica li- literally grow and and kind of change. By the time you get a Black Album and like you know like um, mm-hmm. and like Justice and stuff like that, or sorry, um, like Master Puppets, I think it's like it's undeniable. I don't know like where those are like as far as like years are concerned, but mm-hmm. I don't think that Master of Puppets is played on classic rock stations though. Maybe not classic yeah. rock, no. But like for a fan of like heavy music or something, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. If you listen to like Battery or something like that, you can get the fuck into that. I think like that as um, oh yeah. maybe like yeah. So sorry, but yeah, to your point of um, so, whether or not they hold up on classic rock records. But I think that, you know, anything off of Pearl Jam's first record, anything yeah. off of Nirvana's record, because oh, yeah. that dude, I mean, it smells like, not Tim like Teen Spirit, Nevermind is, you know, one of the, according to Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, one of the biggest, one of the best records of, mm-hmm. of all time. It's in the top 10. But I think right, like, yeah, yeah, but even like with like In Utero and the stuff they did before, like Heart Shaped Box, you're going to find all that stuff, I think. Like, it's you know, in, so utero, long there, right? in Utero, In Utero, because I did that on the podcast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is is literally a fuck you to the record company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not them. They're not trying to make Nevermind Again. They're actually trying to even go more uh, punk and more yeah. like noise mm-hmm. as to not be the band that was accepted by the world. Totally. Kurt yeah. Cobain hated the fame. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's dead. Totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
Look at Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. same thing. They did not want to make another 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So versus is way different. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to fucking, uh, I think the third record is is uh, Vitology. It's, I mean, that's like their pet sounds in the sense of like, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. they're, they're doing all this different shit. Like every band. Stone Temple Pilots made the first record. The second record is basically an extension of that a little bit different mm-hmm. and then the third record there it's a totally different band yeah. but it's still within the stone double pilot's wheelhouse mm-hmm. and then the fourth record is just you know post heroin yeah uh, every song is about his addiction uh and that post that record i fall off on knowing the music that they made because i just never Liked it. I didn't. I yeah. remember Days of the Week was off of that that new record. I was like, this song's terrible. Yeah. But core, it's like it's just this record from my childhood that that I can put on at any moment and be like, one, just taken right back to my youth, how I felt, where I was, the friends I hung out with, the clothes that I wore, everything. Like it's all just. It's just like. It's like it's like I don't know if you ever saw the the new TV show on HBO Watchmen. Where she takes those memory oh, yeah. pills of her yeah, grandfather. Absolutely. It's like I just get taken yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, you know, but back to what I was saying before I because I'm mm-hmm. sorry I'm all over the place. Oh, no, dude, don't no. worry about um, it. No, go for it. Yeah. There's there's a music. I say this a lot on the podcast. This is why I didn't like that you called it stepdad rock. Is <laughs> is, is grunge? I just pitched the joke to Jackie last night. Grunge, <laughs> grunge was a was a reaction to hair metal. And then when Kurt Cobain dies, then you have, you have, uh, corn and you have fucking limp biscuit. And that became so big. And then that got too big. And then you have the strokes. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're constantly, it's never just going like that. Like, you know, and they thought in the age of enlightenment that history is progressive. It's not, Mm -hmm. we, we constantly, it's like cyclical because by the time mm-hmm. the Strokes come back, the Iggy Pop riff is like the is again now like the biggest thing on the radio. You know, exactly. what I mean? Lust yeah. for Life or exactly. whatever. Exactly, yeah. and I think I think hip hop is about to have a complete and utter uh, change because hip hop's gotten so big now, yeah. and it's become like arena rock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and you're gonna have this like downside. Somebody's gonna do something raw, like well, no, uh, that's why Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. yeah. is is the most respected hip hop artist. So you can yep. sit here and say Drake is the biggest and Kanye West is is the biggest but but Kendrick Lamar is the one who has his records in the National Library of Congress because yeah. it's and his like, albums are actually rap like fucking exactly. Drake and Kanye released like I guess two of the biggest albums this year but it's not hip hop totally like, and like the way that the way that I like it the, I mean I and you don't want to be like a like an older dude, I think there's um like what what are young kids are doing now? I kind of see like the next generation of like punk or whatever. It doesn't sound the same as like I, but it looks you know what I mean. It's DIY. It's aggressive. It's kind of out there, but it's almost like you know like a new generation of like hip hop kids that don't necessarily need a band to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like the the hip hop that that I like and that I kind of keep going back to or whatever still kind of has to have like a like a like a core or I'll give credit to something that sounds completely different and I'll try something new but if I'm going to go and press play on something then I do want it to be in that thing Kendrick Lamar is like oh who's who's better than that right now I I, I, I just think that I think that you know it's yeah I'm 42 years old Mm -hmm. I'm the age of a stepdad I guess (laughs) <laughs> you know, mine, mine all suck, Josh. Where were you? I don't Where were you feel. when Shelly was out there hunting? <laughs> I don't feel forty. Is that Shelly? Is that your mom? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Stop, Shelly. <laughs> I don't feel forty-two. I don't feel old. Like 
I just don't. I still have a very. I still feel the same way I felt when I first heard that record. It's like mm-hmm. nothing's changed mm-hmm. except just the outside. The inside is still this youthful thing. Totally. So the idea of like it being classic or it being stepdad rock, it's it's still just it's just rock and roll, and yeah. it's like you know rock and roll will never die if it if it's if it's made with love. And there's a passion behind it, absolutely, uh, and an energy. It, it it just carries on. That just like you, I could put on Nookie and still be like, uh, yeah. I mean, you could see it. It yeah. rocks, dude. Of course, it's yeah. a, it's the song fucking slaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the people that are fans just don't like, dude. I went to go see Beck. Mm-hmm. I love Beck. So and good. I went to go see Beck at at Irving Plaza in mm-hmm. New York about a month and a half ago. Which Beck did you get? Like Odelay or like? Because there's oh no no no. This was you know all acoustic, I mean? all acoustic. Oh, okay. It was one cool. of the best shows. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I've seen Beck twice like that. I mm-hmm. saw him in Santa Cruz uh, in 2013, May 2013, 600 seat theater, and halfway it's three members: him, uh, his pianist, and his bass player. And a drum machine and him being like, what do you guys want me to play? That's and awesome. him just playing. Oh, fuck. And awesome. he did that again in New York because he was just in town. And he was like, I'm going to do a, a quick show. And I remember I like, I got tickets. Uh, and then my friend Alex Edelman was opening for him doing stand-up. So Alex knew I'm a huge Beck fan. So he's like, I know you bought a ticket, but just come up That's and awesome. fucking hang oh, dude. in the VIP. And it's like, Sean Lennon's there. And I know Sean. I'm on Sean in Les Claypool's record. I did oh, VO for, oh, cool. for their second album nice. for this one song. And so I'm cool enough with Sean. And then yeah. after the show, we go to the after party and I'm hanging out with Beck and his manager and all these people. And it's just like great. And it was just this magical, magical night. But the point of it is when you look out and who's in the audience. Yeah, man, there's a lot of gray hair. Oh, there's shit. A yeah. lot of totally. gray hair. There's right. not people in their 20s there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all late 30s, yep. early 40s, 50s and maybe even early 60s. Mm-hmm. And it's just, dude, it's just like, yeah, man, it's like, it's the bands that you fuck with. Totally. That you were the coolest thing at 20. Mm -hmm. You're going to go see them when you're 40 and you're going to look at the audience and go, fuck, man. Fuck. I've been into this since like probably like 11 or 12 or whatever. Found the thing that I'm into and I'm still like really like heavily heavily into it and I still go to like um, to festivals and shit when I go to punk rock bowling in Vegas like there's not a the youngest kids there are like the punk dad that has their their little baby kind of fitted out in the yeah. patched vest or whatever right there's not a whole lot of like that you know what I mean the, the early generation it's pretty much it's basically just us I might be on the lower end of it at, at my early 30s right which yeah. is kind of uh, is, is what it is it's but gonna like, happen to yeah. you it's gonna happen yeah. to you mm-hmm. and to all your listeners hell yeah you know yeah. and and hopefully one day you'll be able to talk about it on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> well we appreciate the fuck of you yeah, coming over thank man. you this so much for this coming so out fun. this was pretty fucking awesome my pleasure yeah. i mean yeah. uh, if you want to like plug anything i'm sure they know yeah. who the fuck you are <laughs> yeah. uh follow me at josh adam myers on all social media josh for tickets to my shows uh you know youtube.com backslash josh adam it's always josh adam myers whatever is before it is different but you know <laughs> instagram all that shit yeah. um <laughs> And yeah, man, uh, I'll just be out on the road. Come, come, check me out. Oh yeah, nice. Hell you yeah. can expect a bump from this. Fuck <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Love you guys.